It's time for episode 241 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, May 16th, 2018. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast with an allegro tempo. That's right, we move so quickly. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my dear pal, Dan Morin. How you doing, Dan? Uh, I'm doing well. We are timing this week's podcast to Flight of the Bumblebee, so <laughs> we, should, we should really get moving here. <laughs> Wow. Well, let's buzz right along. Of course, you know how this show works. We've got four topics. We've got two excellent guests. And to my left is web editor at the Texas Standard and a writer about, of course, accessibility tech and classic film. It is Shelly Brisbane. Hello, Shelly. Hello, Micah and Dan and John. Hi, everybody. (laughs) So happy to have you here. And to my left, the editor of Mac Stories, the co-host of App Stories, Mr. John Voorhees himself. Hi, John. How you doing? Hi, Dan. I'm doing really well. Great to be here. It's fantastic to have you. All right. I can hear those bees a-buzzing, so we should get going. DirecTV now launched a cloud DVR service. So with the service, you can save about 20 hours of recording for up to 30 days. And if you spend a little bit more money, you get like 100 hours for 90 days. When I heard about this, I sort of thought, what? is the point of this? I don't really get it. I'm more of an on-demand content consumer. So I'm just curious, where do you lie in this? Do you think this is a a valuable service? Is this something you would use? Shelly, we'll start with you. So I'm only going to talk about myself. That's what I do, apparently. Um, I'm a weird content consumer. The only thing I consume is really is movies. So I don't really have any desire to hold on to stuff nor do I have any desire to, to subscribe to a whole ton of on-demand services. So all I'm looking at is, let's see, that's five movies over 30 days that I could keep a hold of, uh, 10 actually. Uh, but I don't really see the point of that because that stuff is available in fits and starts, the things I want, classic film particularly, environment. And frankly, I'm a collector. If I want it, I'm going to keep it, and I'm going to keep it for all time, so I'm probably not going to service. Uh, the, I think the value of this service might be for somebody who finds uh, on-demand world somewhat confusing in terms of, wait, where is that? How do I get that? What do I have to subscribe to now? You could just say, put my favorite series in the cloud, have it in a VR-like uh, availability. Uh, for some people, that might be a good thing, but probably not for me. If you're already a subscriber to this service, uh, to, to DirecTV, I, I assume perhaps there's some value from here. Um, I'm comparing this to, so I, I, I have a Comcast, I don't even know what they're branding it as now, but I essentially have a Comcast streaming service that you can get as a Comcast internet subscriber, where I pay 10 bucks a month, and I get access to uh, HBO Go and uh, basically an app through Comcast through which I can watch TV, and it has a cloud DVR. This sounds great, because in theory, I can spend less time, you know, trying to dig up some broadcast stuff on DVR or on um, on demand sites. Problem is one you're limited to whatever channels you are given. I mean that might be a different case in direct TV. Uh two it doesn't really help you with commercials cuz you're still going to get commercials whether you're on demand or have recorded something in the DVR. 
Um, but the the real breaker for me for the Comcast DVR, and the reason I never use it, is because Comcast doesn't have an Apple TV app. Therefore, I have to watch everything on my web browser or on my iPad, and I just I don't <laughs> want to do that when I have a nice big TV here. So I'm still defaulting to the on-demand services. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not sure what the DirecTV setup is in, in that regards, but if it's a similar thing where it's like, well, we don't want to draw attention away from, like, you you should really buy cable television. <laughs> that's that's not really a selling point for me. So I think that's you know that's sort of table stakes at this point. If you don't have the ability to do that, then you can't really compete with the on demand content anyways. So maybe too little, too late for Directv there, John. Yeah, my familiarity with this sort of service is through Hulu because I cut the cord last summer and signed up for Hulu Live amongst other things like Netflix. And it feels to me like this sort of uh, cloud-based DVR is really a check-the-box security blanket for people who are doing that sort of thing and are a little Mm. concerned about moving away from the box that's attached to their television that has all their stuff stored on it. Because you're right, I mean, there's so much available on demand that I think the, the need for this sort of service is pretty minimal. That said... Hulu, for instance, does have live TV, and those shows are available for, I don't know, usually a couple of weeks, a few weeks after they originally air, but then they go away for a while, and they don't show back up on, on demand for a while. So there are times when, if there's a, a show that I really want to see kind of in the moment within a couple of weeks and of when it airs, where I will use that, because Hulu Live comes with a similar small amount of storage and you can pay extra to get more i haven't paid to get more because uh, it's such a narrow use case that i found that the small amount works perfectly well for me all very good answers john i think you really nailed it there at the end uh, I, uh i'm i'm a mostly terrible person um because <laughs> i will do whatever i can to not have to interact with see view here come close to being around commercials and so i even with with a dvr service as as dan pointed out those commercials are there and i would just rather go and buy something in like the itunes store if i have to do it that way rather than um again interact with those commercials at all uh so most of the time yeah netflix hulu those uh, can can take care of of the content consumption that I want to do in terms of television, and this will continue to perplex me. Let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, which comes from Shelley. So we are deep in iPhone SE two rumor season. It wouldn't be Apple always have an Apple rumor. So so the iPhone at two, SE two is rumored. Many people are excited about it because they want to know what Apple is going to put in it. Whether they're going to buy an iPhone SE 2 themselves or not, rumors are fun. So uh, my question to you is, what feature would you like to see in the new iPhone SE 2? Only pick one, because I know we're going to steal each other's. I can just feel it coming, but let's try anyway. Uh, well, I'm going to be a little selfish here. I'm not an SE customer, but the feature I'd like to see them put in the SE 2 is something that I think will help me. Uh, and that is wireless charging. And the reason I think it'll help me is because the more of Apple's devices that support wireless charging, the more prevalent wireless charging will become overall. And despite my, I, I know Micah has some has some feelings on wireless charging. So, <laughs> uh, but despite you know the the limitations of wireless charging, I do think it's a really nice, convenient technology, and I would like to see it's a it's um it's be much broader in its uh, adoption. So uh, I'm hoping that a glass-backed SE2 would include some wireless charging and that, you know, maybe the air power will finally show up too. I don't know. 
John, what about you? Yeah, I, I guess I'll pick something unique because I, I think I normally would have picked the wireless charging as well. And I think your point is well taken because, first of all, the SE, the SE is a small phone with a small battery. So the slow charging that comes along with wireless is is uh, not as big an issue. But I'll, I'll go with OLED. I don't think OLED will happen on the SE just because of cost and trying to keep that as a cheap alternative. But when you're using a small screen like that, it's great to have a really sharp image with great color reproduction. And that's what OLED gives you. I mean, we've seen it on the iPhone 10, and it just looks absolutely fantastic. On top of that, it saves battery. And again, the SE is a phone with a really small battery. So uh, I, I think OLED would be a great addition, though. I'm not very optimistic that we'll see that anytime soon. You know, Dan, I have had a change of heart uh, about wireless charging. Um, so that's the part where I'm not a mostly terrible person. Um, I think that it's pretty great. But I want, I, w- I think it would be really cool to have the iPhone SE 2 shape uh, or the iPhone SE shape and feel with a full screen display. Um, just, just all that room to, to move around in, I think would be really nice. And, uh, I, I never, I never stopped loving the, the feel of the iPhone SE in my hand. Uh, so I would love to see that continue. So I was right. Dan did steal mine right (laughs) out of the gate, but I expected it. So I have a backup. So here is uh, my, my thought. iPhone SE customers, and I know a number of them. Uh, are, are people on a budget? Typically, they also like the small phone. My husband has one because he likes the small phone. But I know a lot of people for whom budgetary issues uh, and also just sort of not the need for the biggest, baddest technology. It's just not a thing for them. They're like, is it cheaper? Does it have the same operating system? Cool, I'm down. So the feature I'm going to offer to them is a 256 gig model. And here's my rationale. Uh-huh. Because the folks who... Uh, are in that boat and who are not uh, techno savvy necessarily are always the people that come to say come to me and say my phone is full of pictures I don't know how to get them off the phone so let's give them a bigger storage capacity so that they don't have that problem quite so quickly all right well all great answers there and it is halftime and our halftime is brought to you by our friends at Linode with Linode you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at five bucks a month and you'll be up and running with your own virtual server right in the Linode cloud nestled nestled so sweetly in under a minute Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers who are all serviced by their friendly 24 7 support team you can email them, you can call them, you can even chat them over IRC in the Linode community. They know how important it is to get the help you want, and they also have a suite of amazing guides and support documentation so you can get the references when you need them. Linode's intuitive control panel will allow you to deploy, to boot, to resize, to snapshot, and yes, even to clone your virtual servers in just a few clicks. And guess what? They feature two-factor authentication to keep everything locked up tight. So, Linode has fantastic pricing options available. Plans start at a gig of RAM for just 5 bucks a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigs of RAM. As a listener of this very show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you'll be supporting us, of course, but you're also going to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the 1 gig RAM plan, that's 4 free months. So, go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, to sign up, and to take advantage of that $20 credit. Or you can use the promo code CLOCKWISE2018 at checkout. Thanks so much to Linode for supporting our show. And let's hear that topic from Dan. 
Well, Microsoft, in the rumor du jour, is said to be working on Surface tablets priced to compete with the iPad, still a little bit more expensive, around $400. My question is whether you think there is a larger market for tablets or whether, as several people have suggested in the past, there's just an iPad market. Does Can Microsoft bring something to this table to compete with the iPad? John, what do you think? Yeah, I think there really is. I mean, we've already seen, we've got at the low end, we've got things like the Fire Tablet from Amazon. And that is a device that's really there to serve the content, serve the things that Amazon sells. And at the high end, we have the iPad Pro and some of the Microsoft Surface tablets that are more like traditional computing devices. You know, not long ago, we saw Apple come out with a $329 iPad during the education event. It's starting to push some of those most popular productivity and creativity features from the high-end iPad Pros down into the regular iPads, the lower-cost iPads. So what I think Microsoft is doing here is really just uh, walking down the path that Apple has started started down itself a couple months ago. It's a path that I don't know where it leads. It's not. It's too early at this point to really tell whether it's going to be successful. But I think there is room both for... Uh, lower cost tablets like the Fire tablet, as well as some of the Microsoft devices for people who use Windows. Agreed. I think uh, it is not just an iPad market. I think there are there are places where the other ones fit in uh, just fine. Um, I certainly we are a we are an iPad market household. Doggone it! But that doesn't mean that everyone is. Um, and. Honestly, I've seen a lot of uh, very positive stuff lately creeping across my Twitter feeds about these different uh, tablet-like devices from from Microsoft. Uh, so, yeah, more power to any companies who can put something out there that that you know gets picked up and used and helps make all of the products better through competition and all that jazz. It's funny because when I read this topic quickly for the first time, I thought the question was specifically about larger tablets. Is that all Apple and our we consigned to uh, smaller tablets for the Amazon Fire, and and the Surface obviously is on the on the bigger side. But uh, not, that notwithstanding, I, I think that's an interesting point because I think people who have Surfaces that I know of and that I've spoken to are very happy with them, and they feel about them the way people feel about iPads. In other words, it's a productivity tool rather than a consumption, rather than just a consumption device, and because they're Windows users in the rest of their lives, it's easy for them to move from iPad to, from a Windows machine to Surface, and I, th- I think they're comfortable with that. I think Microsoft has done a pretty good job of expanding and growing that line, so that people who, who want to be surf who want to be tablet users can find something in the Surface line. So probably maybe it's just Microsoft and Apple at that uh, larger size. Maybe down in the lower size, you have some Android devices, and you have the Fire tablets and Kindles even have needs specifically, but maybe we end up having another Microsoft uh, Apple face-off on the large tablet side of things. Yeah, well, thanks for those thoughts. I, I have to admit, I, I felt skeptical before, you know, when I first saw the story. And I think it's interesting because part of it, the reason I'm so skeptical is because it seems like the percentages have flipped since the old PC days, right? When Apple was the scrappy underdog and Microsoft dominated the market. This is a market where Apple dominates and Microsoft tends to be a smaller percentage of the market, but it does seem to be holding on very tenaciously to that section of the market. So I do think there is room here. And I think to expand on something Mike added at the end there, 
Uh, I think competition overall is really good here. The iPad has advanced in sort of slowly over the past few years. There have been major updates to iOS that bring iPad features every once in a while, but there's still a lot of stuff that's lacking there. And I think a stronger Surface competitor might help uh, encourage Apple to devote more time and resources to the iPad and to improving the stuff that we already have and to bringing new features down the pipe. So frankly, I I think this is is good news across the board, and I'll, I'll take it as such. But thank you again for your thoughts there. Let's go to our last topic, which comes from John. All right. I'd like to go all the way back to the beginning where we started with more rumors. Because rumors, as Shelley said, are a lot of fun. And we've heard that iOS 12 is going to be more about bug fixes and stability. So what is Apple going to announce at WWC this year? They have to do more than just get up on stage and say, oh, we've got a bunch of bug fixes for you. One thing that is still rumored to be on the table as an update for iOS 12 are more granular notifications. And I'd like to th- see what everybody thinks that means for iOS 12. What, do you, what kind of changes do you see coming to notifications and do not disturb? What would you like? Well, I hope to Tim Cook himself that I'm going to be able to uh, shut off so whenever you go into notifications there are all of the the different settings that you can make so you you know you pop into an app you go to the notification settings for that app and you can turn off badges you can turn off this you can turn off that please for the love of god give me a universal turn off badges button because that is i i want that and then i can go into the very few apps that i actually want to see those pesky red circles on and flip those on but otherwise i don't want those there and have to go through every time i download an app forget to immediately turn it off and then when i get one of those uh badges pop up i have this angry moment where i'm bothered by it and have to go into the app and fix it uh so i would just love universal controls for some of these things as opposed to having to adjust things individually other than that i i'm quite fond of the notification system for ios I think. I would just like to see it all streamlined, which is a little bit about what Micah was saying. I would like to be able to more intuitively and more quickly set a a set of notification preferences to which I can create exceptions. I have multiple devices. I have iPads and iPhones, and I'd like to sort of start with a set of notifications that works and then whittle them down based on kind of device that I'm working with. I don't have a watch, but God only knows how more, much more complexity that adds to the picture. But there, there ought to be a way, a dashboard that would, would give me more direct access to controlling notifications in bulk. Mm, you're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, something like that would be nice. I would love the ability to assign priority levels to a certain extent. Like these are high priority apps, which I should always get a notification for. These are lower priority apps, which I might want to, you know, see a notification when I check notification center, but I don't need to be alerted to. Uh, and these are apps where I never want, you know, notifications whatsoever. One specific change I would like to see is borrowed from the Mac. Um, On the Mac side, in mail, there is an option to get notifications about emails from contacts, not just people that you've marked as a VIP, but like anybody who's in your address book, basically. I would love to see something like that on on iOS because I dislike the fact that my only options are VIPs or all mail. I never want notifications for all mail. That's that's just wacky i don't know why i just get way too much (laughs) crazy spam and everything so um yeah i'd like to see that change and and granularity in general i think as as everybody has said is really important i mean 
even just a system where you could like notate like oh yes uh i like notifications like this please continue saying these or thumbs down i don't want notifications about this ever again would be nice because our time is is precious there are so many demands on it already nobody wants it to be filled up with notifications they don't care about yeah i i hear you dan on that one for sure it uh what i'd like to see is i'd like to be able to shut off notifications when i'm watching a video and when oh, i'm playing yeah. a game yeah. <laughs> when i'm playing a game right so i i've many times received an iMessage where i'm in the middle of uh, alto's odyssey or something and you know crash into a into a sand dune um I'd also like to see location-based ones. So maybe there's somewhere I go on a periodic basis where I don't want to be bothered, whether that's work or wherever. And then finally, I'd I'd uh, mention calendar-based notifications because maybe you have a meeting, you don't want your phone buzzing while you're in the middle of the meeting. Maybe you're going to church on Sunday, you don't want your your phone going off there. Um, or you want to have different do not disturb options for the weekend because you sleep in on Saturday and Sunday and you get up early to go to work on Monday through Friday. So I think that that kind of granularity would make a big difference in terms of just uh, making life a little easier when you're dealing with all the, the, the buzzing and, and drop down you know, notifications and that sort of thing. All right. Well, we have reached the end of the episode. I want to congratulate you all for keeping that allegro tempo. Let me tell you all about our second sponsor for the bonus topic. It's brought to you by Eero, the company that helps you never think about Wi-Fi again. With Eero, you'll never need to worry that your Wi-Fi isn't fast enough to stream movies or download files because Eero has the Wi-Fi setup of your dreams. It's a fast, reliable connection throughout your entire house. And the new second generation Eero has a third 5 gigahertz radio, so it's going to be twice as fast as before. You also can get get an awesome little beacon. It plugs into the wall and expands the coverage of your Wi-Fi to any room so you don't have to, you know, stand on one foot and hop in the air and pray to the Wi-Fi gods that you'll finally get a connection. You just plug this bad boy in. It's got a built-in LED nightlight with ambient light sensor and it's all set up. I have the Eero system in my home. It comes with the main router and two beacons and they're spread across my entire house and I've got Wi-Fi in the backyard, in my garage, in every single room of the house. It's beautiful blanketed in Wi-Fi, all thanks to those beacons and the main Eero router. You can get your own Eero system to blanket beautifully in your home with the second generation Eero and two beacons for just $3.99. That's everything you're going to need to get started. You don't have to wait weeks to get hold of your new dream Wi-Fi. Listeners of the show get free what overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada when you head to Eero.com and use the promo code clockwise. Once again, that's Eero.com with the promo code clockwise for free overnight shipping. Thanks so much to Eero for your support of the show. And now let's go to our bonus topic. Uh, Sorry. So there's been this thing, and I'm just going to... Laurel. Laurel. Oh, God, please. <laughs> the internet is um, is very interested in this Laurel versus Yanny debate. It is an audio file that someone posted, and people have been asked, which one do you hear or what do you hear? So I just like to go down the list, and I, I assume that everyone's had a chance to listen to it at least once. Shelly, what do you hear when that audio is playing? So I walked by a co-worker's desk, and he was playing it on his phone, and I heard Yanny. Yanny. So I figured I'm in the Yanny camp. So I went back to my desk and it was in Slack. because That's all anybody's talking about right now. 
So I played it through my headphones and I heard Laurel, Laurel. I'm very confused. <laughs> I I heard I played it and I hear only Yanny, uh, but I was literally, you know, sitting with my girlfriend last night and I played it aloud and she thought she heard moral. So I'm going to say she's closer to the Laurel <laughs> camp there. Uh, but yeah, we as usual, we just couldn't find a compromise. <laughs> yeah, it, I listened to this and when I first heard it, it started to sound like Yanny and then it eventually it, it morphed right into Laurel and ever since it's just Laurel for me. It, it's very strange, but I can't hear anything but Laurel now, even though I initially heard a little bit of a Yanny. Interesting. In Hmm. Well, uh, it's interesting that uh, I think we've all had similar experiences. When I first heard it, I had I had read about it on the internet, but I I refused refused to click the file, and then I was finally exposed to it by accident, and I didn't oh, remember what the so words you ex- were. You you decide to like spread it to us like a virus oh, is yeah, what you're saying? Of course, yeah. <laughs> I mean you. now exactly. You know, I'm bitter. I have to I have to spread it around. But <laughs> once I once I uh, listened to it, I couldn't tell what it was, and I said, "Now what am I?" I supposed to be hearing and the person said laurel and then suddenly i heard laurel but uh good news you can hear both you may only hear one what's happening is they're playing something that sounds sort of like yanny at high higher frequencies and they're playing something that sounds sort of like laurel at lower frequencies uh, at the same time mm. so you can hear both of those and if you sort of eq them then you can hear one or the other so everybody's right nobody's wrong <laughs> we can all be friends okay. it's fantastic yeah now now, now, just now for a quick whip around on what color the dress is. Oh, no. No, Sorry. no, no. Just kidding. That's, just kidding. Yeah, that's, that's dangerous. Uh, it is the end of Clockwise we've got there. But, of course, before we go, we have to thank our awesome guests. Shelly Brisbane, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was delightful as always. And John Voorhees, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be here. And Micah, uh, we got to go off and listen to that sound file three or four thousand more times so we can <laughs> for science for science. Uh, exactly. Our listen, <laughs> but uh, we will be back next week. Until then, remember watch what you say and keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.